It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is my kind of music, Alice. This is Tom Shattuck's kind of music. This is burn barrel type music. This is the Middlesex Concert Band, Alice and I have seen live before. Yes, at Mount Hood, and I've been to a few of their kids' concerts, uh, including one with an instrument petting zoo. Ooh. Check out a Middlesex Concert Band concert on Sunday, June 5th at 3 p.m. in Wakefield's state-of-the-art performing arts center in the Galvin Middle School. Normally, admission is $15 for adults, but this time it's free to everyone, thanks to a generous, anonymous donation. I like free. Ooh, yes, now more than ever. The concert called Stories in Music is a presentation of music that's been used to tell some of our favorite stories. More details are at www.mcbconcertband.org. That's www.mcbconcertband.org. Again, the concert is at the Galvin Middle School in Wakefield, Massachusetts on Sunday, June 5th at 3 p.m. was that pasta the pasta was great spinach fettuccine pasta from market basket 99 cents per container took two plastic containers it comes in like little compartments with uh clumps but it was from the fresh section but this was the rotten this was the stuff that was discounted because it was about to expire and we had for lunch we had spinach fettuccine and it was damn delicious it was damn delicious i know felt like the rich people for once of course because it's damn delicious and even though it's green and it says spinach i assume it's 853 billion carbs so it just got me fatter that but in a more fun delicious way because why why would anything not be fattening as hell <sighs> although i do have pork for later did some great shopping this weekend some excellent shopping some excellent finds you know, f- taking lifts from store to store to store your license isn't suspended anymore. It's unsuspended? Yeah. Well, you tell that to the police. The guy was not interested in having a conversation. It's unsuspended. It says on there, 
active. It used to say suspended. Oh, I don't want to go to court then if I'm active again. You're active, but you have a criminal charge against you for driving on a suspended license, even though it's unsuspended. So you have to go to court. So was it suspended during when I was driving? When you were driving when the cop got you, it was still suspended. So I'm going to be... My criminal charges are... For driving on the suspended license. The license is no longer suspended now. Right. But it was suspended at the time when the cop pulled you over because I guess we had to give the RMV another $100 that I didn't realize after... How did we... I'm going to need talking points when I get in front of the judge, you know. I know. So we just didn't realize you didn't go to your court date. So we read the thing and that said that your license was suspended for not showing up at your appeal for your traffic ticket. Mm -hmm. And so then I went online and I paid everything that it, you know, I went in to like pay open things for this license and I paid them all. And I didn't realize then that you have to also, and because it's non-obvious there. And I went through the page again after this thing happened with your license being suspended. I went and I couldn't figure it out for like a while because you. I had to like search and find a totally different page on the RMV website mm. where it was like pay to reactivate your license. Right, too. and they do a full audit so, of everything I've ever done. So, well, yeah. So then I paid to reactivate it and now it's showing up active again, but I just didn't realize that after I paid everything that we owed, mm-hmm. there was like this whole other extra step. So that's my bad. I screwed mm-hmm. you up. Um, But... Which, to be fair, I don't know why the whole thing is my job anyway, but dealing with your license issues. But I didn't realize that You're I had to control. do... control. I'm the astronaut. I didn't I'm know out there that doing this I stuff. had to do this extra step so to get you your license back. you need to come with me to court and talk to the, to the judge. And you're, that's also your job as my, as my barrister. Hey, um, Should we bring all our kids yes, too? Yes. So and for ne- sympathy and points? And everybody neck braces for everybody. So... Um, that includes a, a parking ticket for 2015, right? That we had to pay. Well, I paid everything that was on there. Yeah. Well, what, so was, what was on there? There was um, your your um, thing. There was like the excise taxes for this year. I was late on mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's on you. Mm-hmm. You can be in. Do you know what? Do you want to be in charge no. of paying all the bills that come Negative. into the house? And, and my parking ticket from 2015. And a parking ticket from Melrose from 2015. Right. Which was supposed to be taken care of uh, through my contact at City Hall, which apparently was not taken care of. Can't trust the institutions anymore, which is a lot of what we're going to talk about today, as a matter of fact. So, one of the things that uh, we're not going to dwell on too much of the. Uh, but we were talking earlier about the, the total and utter breakdown. Of what happened in Uvalde, Texas, which is remarkable, remarkable. That for, I mean, I can't imagine. This seems to me like we're we're in the holodeck here, and this is a orientation and how things at every level get broken down. Like from from the fact that this kid was even a free, it was he, he was allowed to get a gun, and then you know then shoots his grandmother in the face. Drives to the school, posts on social media, walks around, takes a pot shot at some people across the street first. Dad, no, still nothing. Posts on social media, walks around the school for a while. For some reason, the, a teacher has the door open. The back door is, there's like an ashtray in there or something, you know. The guy just walks in, cops get there, he shoots at them, they get scared, 
and wait outside and wait in the other parts of the school. Meanwhile, all the, the monstrosity takes place. And Meanwhile, nobody... there's children on the phone with 911 yes, during this exactly. hour. This whole thing. The whole thing. And there are people... At one point, there's 100 cops or so there. So there's cops everywhere. Nobody thinks to go in and stop the killer at all. And we're all sitting around talking to each other. I don't know. Should we get a negotiator? I don't know. Should we get a sniper? Maybe. I don't know. We can't go in. No, I think it's more of a more of a containment situation. Uh, this this colossal f up. And what it's done now is create is made this thing oddly disjointed. And then, of course, there's a cover-up afterwards where they're trying to spin yarns. Then they don't have their bleep together. And then they say, yeah, okay, so we messed up. Well, yeah, yeah. and I also think, like, so they also took credit for how they used this time to get all the other kids out. And mm -hmm. they made sure that the loss of life was limited to two fourth-grade classrooms that were adjoining. And congratulations to us. We saved all the other children. But think about the fact that that mom that talked to the wall street journal was 40 miles away when she heard there was a shooting at the school so she heard from the news or from someone texting her or whatever that there was a shooting at the school she's 40 miles away she has time to drive there complain get handcuffed by the cops and then get released and go into the school get her own two kids out and leave before they've rescued the other kids that's incredible to me because that means that her two kids were still in the building for quite a long time after the initial news of the shooting broke when it seems to me you could have had the guy was in one classroom and you have 19 other cops standing in the hallway at that point in time that you could have had all the other kids out of the school building in 10 minutes if you wanted to i don't understand why that took as long as it did even if they are taking credit for that part which like yes thankfully nobody outside that classroom was injured but, but like what the heck was going on during all that time right so at some point as a matter of training office culture or whatever it is at some point the natural instinct to save the lives of vulnerable children um was trained out of these cops yeah or or the culture you know. was intimidated out of these cops it was it, it dulled regardless hold on one second um yeah, and I think, you know, what we've seen over the last couple of years with police forces is so many good cops leaving because of the the way our culture is treating police officers and and disrespecting them and how they're not getting any credit for being in dangerous situations. I think so many good cops have been disillusioned and just left. And the question is, like, who's left now? Right. The, uh, what are the police forces doing now? Who's still on police forces and and what kind of people do you have to be to be on the police force now that things are falling apart and they're being run by these like woke institutions, right? Right. Is it like does the DEI office handle all these situations now? Is that or, but, so now it's disjointed and it's a weird this project in the fact that these cops afterwards many of them were patting themselves in the back shouting giving props to everybody first they they come up with a phantom uh, resource officer who wasn't even there and then you say the bravery was uh, you know. well he showed up there 
So what they're saying now, so the current timeline has changed again miraculously, right? But they're saying, because originally they said the kid was outside shooting at the school building for 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. That now appears to not be true. It seems like it was more like five minutes because he crashed the truck at 1128 a.m. and shot at those random people and then was over in the school parking lot. Uh, right around 1130 when the school resource officer did show up but went to the back of the school where a teacher had propped the door open seen what was happening and called 911 so they somehow were standing outside or something and the cop thought that was the shooter Mm -hmm. now how this I don't understand exactly what happened here and how that propped open door was left unattended but somehow it was he entered the school building they're now saying at 1133 a.m. Hmm. So that teacher propped the door open just a couple minutes before he entered the school building, which seems incredible that this would be a locking door that somebody would prop open. Now, like, where did they go? Did they walk away with the school resource officer? I don't know. But this psycho unimpeded entered the school building at 1133 and two minutes later was followed by two cops who also two regular cops who arrived on the scene. So they followed him into the building. He went into that classroom and started shooting. They're saying in that first few minutes, it was like 100 shots in that classroom or something. Mm. And they didn't know what to do, open the door. And then more people started arriving. They had people there. Like they, I think they were saying it was like by 1145, they had like 19 cops in the hallway, standing mm. inside the building, in the hallway, outside this locked door, trying to figure out what to do. Now, at some point here, remember... The rest of the kids are still in the school at this point because the mom who talked to the WSJ still has to drive 40 miles to even get there. And she got her own kids out after being cuffed by the police. So they're all standing around wondering what to do. At some point, somebody makes a decision to start getting some other kids out. You can see in some of the videos from outside the school, there were some school buses there. So that must be what they decided to Mm -hmm. how they were going to transport the other kids away. But this lunatic is still inside this classroom mm-hmm. with they're saying 600 rounds of ammunition in in a classroom with these kids and they do know fairly quickly after this that there's still kids alive because there start to be 911 calls from the classroom from children who are still alive around 12:03 p.m. So this is 30 minutes after he entered the school there are kids calling and saying there's eight or nine kids still alive in this classroom there's multiple people dead and um, there's multiple 911 calls. The 911 operator eventually around like 1215, they're still talking to the kids in there. They're just like, you know, just keep the line open. Just stay silent. Don't say anything. But so they have the 911 recording of what happened in the classroom. But they didn't actually kill the shooter until 1250 yeah. p.m. So he was inside that school for an hour and 17 minutes, essentially. With nobody stopping him. Right. And so it's this big example of there was no, what was supposed to happen, the natural validation that you would get, like I I mentioned in the computer programming way to validate something. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it's disjointed. All the factors here are screwed up. So there's no, there's no like cogent and um, symmetrical peace of mind. At the end of it, it because it's so there's so much wrong went into it. It's so much stupidity, and and and, and that reminds me as we were talking earlier. How do you think that teacher that opened the door? Do you think is feeling right well, now? By I, the way, I don't know because I mean, they're on video. I don't know if it's a man or a woman, but he or she is on video apparently propping the door open and leaving it open for the right. killer to walk in. Well, 
Okay, so but but I it, but to me I look I think back to how this just doesn't this isn't right. it was something's it's off in a I look back at um the um Will Smith thing and it's the same thing. You, you, like looking back at it now cuz it was so stu- stunning to see it when it happened. Will Smith a, a grown man ran onto a stage and assaulted another man and then was then, allowed to take a seat. Then he was allowed to take a seat. Then he was allowed to go up to that same stage and get an Oscar. And, and where, where was law enforcement? At some time, you're you're allowed to to assault somebody if it's under the right circumstances. They know where's uh, Gascon. Uh, you know, this moron district attorney. You know, nobody's gonna. Somebody was assaulted in front of the world to see. And so you don't have. We can't get over this stuff correctly. It's disjointed. It's. It makes. No sense. It reminds me of the Kitty Genovese thing. You know, the, mm-hmm. you know that story, right? In mm-hmm. the early '60s, a, a bartender, a woman around thirty years old, and you know, a lot of the story is apocryphal. But still, she gets uh, somebody who follows her home and essentially stabs her. She's screaming and screaming and screaming, and he's stabbing her. She's running away from him in an apartment complex in New York City, and and. And she's screaming and making all sorts of noise. And some people actually did call the police, but nobody intervened. And the guy who did that, I hate to be get weird here, but I, mean, I hate to get dark here. The guy who did that then ran from the scene, put blackened his face, or did put a mask on or something like that, got his car, drove back, found her again raped her and finished her off killed her and it's like nowhere along the line in this whole thing no what not nothing he's gone now and then d- drives a car back you know waits for red light what's green i can go now it's like these things cannot you cannot have faith that your society is intact when there's nothing's working Right. I mean, my God, are you effing kidding me? John in the chat says, don't all the mistakes validate human nature? Like, show it's human. And while I kind of agree, I think that the level of systemic rot that it takes for 19 armed adult men to be standing in a hallway while someone with a gun is inside a room killing children. And they know this because 911 is on the call with the little children in that room who are saying, we're alive, please save us. And I I mean, I think that just reveals a level of social rot that, you know, that goes beyond. And I mean, like, I know people talk about the bystander effect, which is generally exaggerated, by the way. Like, people do step in and stop stuff Mm -hmm. more than you would think. But, you know, it does happen that regular people look away or whatever, but like, The point of the cops is that they're supposed to be there for situations like this, right? I mean, Uvalde had a SWAT team on their police force. Are you kidding me? And and the Border Patrol special unit was there by like 1150, and it took them another hour to go into the room. It's not clear to me what... I mean, your system has to be sick to have something like that. This is more than human nature. This is like... This is a an issue of your institutions just completely breaking down and not doing what they're supposed to be doing at all. But did you see it coming with Texas law enforcement? No, did not. Did not. And especially um, 
you know, John saying one local chief told everyone he was in command and the rest honored it. And that's true. And they have thrown this one guy under the bus. But like that was a lot of people who all abided by bad decisions, who didn't have to all abide by bad decisions. It wouldn't have taken many of them to take this guy out. And yes, some of them might have gotten shot or injured or whatever. Well, but better to be dead than no, living know that you let this happen. Right. But they're all on video, too. This school apparently had a lot of security cameras, so which is how they're now piecing together this timeline in this much detail. And so these people are going to be on video. And this is a small town. People are going to look at them and remember the people whose kids are dead are going to look at the video and hear the 911 calls and know that their kid was in that room maybe bleeding out maybe could have made it if they'd gotten medical attention sooner uh, that's that- what makes us even sicker because the kids did the right thing the kids were giving each other advice on how to survive you know sometimes the kids one of the kids knew to rub blood on her i mean you're making these kids are kids are calling 911 nine-year-olds are doing the right thing maybe because they're outside of the system and they just want to live you know right but it's remarkable any moment when you're a cop near next to that door, any moment while kids are being massacred and you're not going inside is a profoundly effed up moment. Right. It, like any moment you're not. So any moment you're standing around is remarkable. And frankly, like I understand that they were probably afraid of because it's hard to be in this situation knowing that if you take action, you could screw something up. They could shoot a kid if they just shot through the door or whatever, right? Like, you know, I get it. But the thing is, no one would fault you if you took action and were trying to save the kids and something happened. No one faults, like in that shootout with the marathon bombers, um, Dick Donahue, who was shot mm-hmm. in it and almost died, uh, he was probably shot by friendly fire during that shootout. No one's like mad Alice, at the police for shooting in Alice, that situation, Alice, right? They were trying to stop a terrorist. Right. No the, one would actually, fault you if whatever happened as you were trying to rescue the kids course, because we know that that's the thing to, the to marathon, do. The marathon, mm-hmm. the, the, the manhunt in Watertown, there was sporadic gunfire all over town. The cops were shooting the, all sorts of stuff that day. Remember right. just watching it? So right. But I think that was the- most of that stuff, who knows what they were shooting? I don't know if, there was, if it was a raccoon. Or, they were shooting. And then, of course, you know, funny, because the one person you want them to shoot dead, who they tried to shoot dead, survived. I know. And now he gets to live in prison for the rest of his life, probably. Right. I don't know if the- the death sentence is probably going to not make it in the long term, but whatever. we have He to- needs to be in general population is what needs to happen. <clears throat> but yeah, it's that was the pre-2020 police force, though. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think 2020 and the subsequent years that came after it changed a lot of things. And among them, mm. I think, is the police force. I think that the police force changed you know, maybe forever. And I think that we've seen the subsequent rise in crime. I think it's possible that our police forces have been like irreparably damaged by this stuff. And you see the same thing, by the way, in the military with these woke idiots running the military. I've showed you some of the recruiting posts that I've seen from like Mm -hmm. the official Go Army social posts where they're like, you're a Taurus, learn how you'd be a great Army signals intelligence. And I'm going like... The army account is posting about horoscopes. Are we serious right now? Because they're, and they're, you know, doing, we've played on this show in the past, some of their uh, recruiting videos where they talk about, you know, wanting more diversity Mark, and lesbians Mark and whatever craziness. Mark Milley, yes, the, the, the generals I hear right now, the Joint Chief 
chiefs people and certainly the Secretary of State and Secretary mm-hmm. of Defense, they all speak fluent wokeness just as well as they speak fluent military lingo. Right. So you used to have Schwarzkopf talking about this asset is going to neutralize assets, destroy this, this, and you used to have Powell in the first Gulf War do General Powell doing the same thing. They were speaking military lingu- linguistics. Now, it, everybody speaks woke just as well as they speak that. That's a damn problem. Who knows what kind of orientation, freaking BS, well, DI right. training that these cops have to go to more and more and more. Reimagine engagement. Reimagine engagement. Better reimagine engagement. Right. And not only that, too. Then we had last year, we had, with the rollout of the vaccine, a lot of states, I assume probably not Texas, but I know around here, they purged out cops who didn't want to get the vaccine. Our state fired police officers that didn't want to get a COVID vaccine, which is really, I think, honestly, an ideological purity test at that point, mm-hmm. right? Is it's like just a way to get rid of uh, conservatives. And now we have Maura Healy, who thought that effort was great and awesome and loved it and wanted to kick out and the remember, cops and was remember, supposed to be the top cop in our state. She's going to be our next of governor, course, but probably. Remember, Alice, mm-hmm. that was also based on the shaky foundation of the CDC, of the FDA, of what we thought the drug could do. Remember, the cops had to get the vaccine or else they were putting everybody at risk. Then everybody could get the COVID anyway. And then everybody could get their own vaccines and nobody was put at risk. So now we are pushing cops into getting vaccines. We didn't know why. Just because. Yeah, but they did the same thing in the military. They've discharged a bunch of people who didn't want to get the vaccine in the military, right? So it's... So you have people probably leaving or never signing up because of the DEI stuff. And you have people leaving or never signing up because of the vaccine stuff. You know, you have they're pushing it into this incompetent, ideologically driven force that just serves to enforce the will of our insane government and not do anything, not really be serving the people. You know what I mean? And certainly not basic things like you know, when there's a shooter in a classroom with little children, you know, I think that in the last couple years, we've started to attract a breed of people who are just not there for the same reasons that people used to be there, you know, and, you know, because when this stuff was first coming out, I was showing it to my friend and she was saying, how is that possible? Don't cops like live for this? Wouldn't they love to like go grab the shooter and get him and start like, isn't that like what the purpose of them existing and being cops is, right? Isn't that what what you would think cops would want to do in mm-hmm. that situation? But like apparently you have It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. 
That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Had a whole building full of cops there who did not have that instinct and that urge. Or were able to suppress it in themselves because of the hierarchy and the bureaucracy and whatever else, whoever else was making the decisions there that that were pushing them to suppress that instinct. No, we can't go. We can't just go kill him. We're much more nuanced than that. We got to somehow. It's incredible. And then in the meantime, <clears throat> the other news that broke this weekend about the Buffalo shooter. Mm-hmm. Is that he'd been talking to an FBI agent for months who they're trying to determine now if it's the same person. But in his circle of people he was talking to online, he was uh, writing about in his discord that one of them was like encouraging him to do the shooting. If it turns out that that one who was encouraging him is this FBI agent who was talking to him that he warned, by the way, the FBI agent was one of the people that he told 30 minutes before he went to the grocery store that he was doing it and sent him the live stream link. So how did it happen that he still got there and got to do the shooting? when he told an FBI agent what he was doing 30 minutes before. It's incredible. It's incredible. I, I mean... You know, add to that... Add to that... By the way, it was another shooting in Chattanooga last night. It was five people. It was outside That was club. the kind liberals don't like to talk oh, okay. about, I think. Um, you Add to that January 6th. Like, how did people get inside the Capitol? How does this happen? There's people in the Capitol? Right. How does it happen? I remember I was lost in the woods down the street when, when m- m- one of the editors I was working with said... Well, the Trump people got inside the Capitol. They're in there now. And I said, wait, they're not actually in the Capitol, are they? And he said, yeah, they're in there attacking it. The U.S. Capitol? How was that even possible to get in? But, hey, they got people were in the Capitol. This is, these are unnatural events. This is weird that people would be... It's it, This is just weird. And, like... No, it's like total institutional rot from the top to the bottom. And it it's... You know, you say like nothing works and it goes back to the argument liberals are having right now about like, how do we stop mass shootings? How do we stop this? Like we need gun control. We need background checks. Well, this guy passed a background check, by the way, Mm -hmm. even though people knew he was violent and aggressive and had mental problems. Apparently on one of the gaming boards he was on, people called him school shooter as a nickname because he was like weird and creepy and violent. (laughs) So... I mean, like, this went on. He was apparently getting in fights at school all the time. His mom kicked him out of the house, and they had to have cops come when she was kicking him out of the house. That's why he was living with his grandparents. And, and, you know, the dad wasn't even in the picture. But then somehow, like, when this happens and he passed a criminal background check, he had no record, nothing. Like, well, I think about the fact that All this violence and stuff is happening in schools. This is predictable. Everybody around knows who these people are, but nobody called and like red flag lawed him. I mean, he was posting on social media that he had the guns. Nobody called up the police and said, this weird, creepy, violent guy has just posted that he just bought all these incredibly expensive guns online. Like, can we red flag law him or something? Like, can somebody keep an eye on what's going on, right? Like, nobody thought, nobody reported it. There was nothing for a red flag law to go off of, even if you had a red flag law. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was nothing there. And the reason for that, I feel, is that that we've made a decision that we don't want to criminalize or do anything about this, like, totally insane, creepy behavior because, like, we can't demonize mental illness. We can't, you know, criminalize drug use and 
bad behavior. I mean, this kid's mom was on drugs. Like, why was her kid even living with her if she was on drugs all the time? And this is apparently like known to everybody. Yeah, his mom was on drugs. Everybody bullied him. Like, he was weird and lashed out at people. And like, he had one ex-girlfriend who was terrified of him. Like, great. That's perfect. But like, and he was able to buy a gun because he had nothing in the system that showed that because everybody decided not to do anything about it. And I think it's really interesting that we've you know, decided to live with not just school shootings that liberals are all like, this is a choice. We've decided to live like this. We don't have to live this way. Right. That's true in a sense. But it's also true that we've decided to live with a lot of stuff that we don't have to live with. That's like related to that. Do you know what I mean? Like we deal with and in towns, you know, like where we used to live that we're a little bit closer to Boston and on the subway, there would be people who would be out and about on the streets every day asking for money the same people over and over oh I need money I have to get back to Worcester I have to go here people who are clearly on drugs asking for money asking to use your phone and they're just wandering around in the streets and nobody does anything it's the same people for years they just live like this right and like we've just decided to be cool with the fact that there's like deranged people wandering amongst us all the time we've decided to be cool with the fact that there's encampments of homeless people living Mm -hmm. in tents in the middle of our cities and just living like that strung out on drugs and like it's not a kindness to them when they cleared out masks and casts in boston they found bodies in the tents i mean like we're just (laughs) i mean we're just choosing to live with this as a society and it's shocking truly choosing us we're obviously encouraging it from that subway poster you know that was out there right yeah new york posted a, a so, poster so, in the subway so, so instead say- of mass and cast which is a which is uh million cast boulevard and mass ave in boston where there was a a huge drug encampment essentially so now we've rebranded them safe injection sites essentially right so yeah there was a, a poster in the new york subway and i thought this story was fake at first because i like couldn't even believe it but it was about uh, it was a public health poster so this is coming from a public health agency and it's showing a young woman on the poster and it says don't be ashamed that you're using feel empowered that you're using safely like what are we doing there's kids dying of overdoses of heroin and we're like the feel language. empowered because you're doing heroin like what are we talking about shout, it's shout insanity your my goodness i know it's crazy but we've made a decision that we can't have any judgment on anything that we're going to be fine with parents doing drugs with parents abandoning their children with kids in the system who aren't doing anything we've you know brought this restorative justice stuff into the schools we've seen we've seen the schools say that like we can't put kids in the criminal justice system they're just kids like we end up you know that that's mean to they're calling mm-hmm. it the school to prison pipeline and saying we can't do that when we catch kids with weapons or drugs or whatever mm-hmm. at school that they don't want to put them in into the justice system. Well, like, why do you think the background checks aren't working? You know, like when you're dealing in data science, people say like garbage in, garbage out, mm-hmm. right? Like if you put junk data into the system, then you can't expect to get any useful information out of it. So if you're running a background check on someone who hasn't, been hasn't had any of their criminal behavior referred to the criminal justice system then you're Mm -hmm. not going to find any criminal behavior because people have essentially on purpose covered it up because they don't want to brand anyone as a criminal yes and it's also converges with the culture the anti-cop culture that's in schools where they don't want law enforcement in schools right because the kids are scared of law enforcement because the dei people are scared of law enforcement and they scare everybody about law enforcement and so people like in the state of connecticut 
the politicians brag that criminal arrests are down. Yay! Well, right. And so, you know, the left loves to say, like, toxic stew about stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's a toxic stew. Talk about a toxic stew. You've demonized police, gotten them out of the schools, said the criminal justice system is racist front to back. You know, you've demonized everything about criminal justice, not fed kids into the system, and then you expect a criminal background check to be able to catch the crazy people that everybody in their community knows shouldn't have a weapon. But they aren't referring it to any kind of criminal process because they know because we've made a decision as a society to not criminalize any of this behavior on purpose because we've decided that we don't want to criminalize people that are behaving this way and yeah it's tragic that we have so many people that are apparently behaving this way but between demonizing the police you know mark in the chat says what impact do you think years of being demonized neutered and having their every move second guest had on police inertia in texas it's absolutely right you know what they've been told that every action they take is like under this microscope of trying to decide what they did wrong right so then they end up not wanting to do anything they end up being scared to make any move and john in the chat writes have you seen the stories about preteens beating up adults on the common and the mbta stops in boston the police said they had no choice but to release them Oh, right. And that's what's happening. And I wanted to tell you, too, because this issue of violence in schools mm-hmm. comes up a lot. And I guarantee you, like every kid in that high school knew that kid was a problem. Oh, definitely. And probably a lot of the teachers did, too. And probably the school resource officers did, too. But because we didn't want to have a school to prison pipeline and refer anything to the police... You well, know, although it should up- be said, he didn't shoot up his own school. He shot up the elementary school. Yeah, and there's some question, too, because he dropped out. The timeline of which he dropped out is a little fuzzy. I'm not 100% sure. I've seen some stuff saying he dropped out a while ago, but then at least one of the kids interviewed said they'd seen him at school in the last month or so. But you know that high school also does a tradition every year where the graduating kids in caps and gowns go to that elementary school and high-five all the kids in their caps and gowns to like huh. show the kids this will be you mm-hmm. someday and like inspire them and everything. And there's some indication that he was jealous that he wasn't graduating, that he was mad that he didn't oh, have it together to graduate. So that's, I mean, that's a theory that's not like... For sure, but I do think that's like an interesting kind of connection there between that high school and those kids at that school that you know were high fiving his high school people that he says his people say were mean to him or whatever for wearing eyeliner that you know whatever. But anyway, so then I was like reading up on some of this stuff and like at Boston in particular and the Boston public schools. And this article is from March of this year. Listen to this article, because I was astonished by this, frankly. After police officers were phased out of Boston's public schools, violent incidents raised public safety concerns by Ivy Scott Globe staff, March 23, 2022. For decades, Boston's public schools hired police officers to monitor their hallways, a consistent source of comfort and controversy. But when students returned to class in September after more than a year of learning from home, the officers were gone, quietly replaced with safety specialists without arrest powers, uniforms, or handcuffs. Since then, the schools have witnessed an alarming number of attacks, one of which left a principal severely injured, that have raised concerns about public safety, particularly given the emotional distress teenagers have experienced during the pandemic. Last week, a teacher and a student at Tech Boston Academy in Dorchester were shot in the school parking lot in what Suffolk District Attorney Kevin Hayden called an act of community terror. 
With no school-employed officers, it has fallen on regular police in the city's school police unit to handle emergencies at schools in the neighborhoods they patrol. Between the first day of school and Thanksgiving break this year, so like six months ago, they just had this little three-month period, September, October, November, the most recent 911 call data available from Boston Public Schools, police responded to 177 911 call incidents at 62 schools across the city. More than a quarter of the 911 calls were for incidents involving fighting and assault. And these emergency calls represent only the most serious issues. Teachers, deans, and school safety specialists reported more than 4,000 incidents to school administrators from September through November, which can range from disrupting class to trespass. Passing. So far this school year, police have responded to 795 incidents. Uh, and this is in March, compared to 951 total during the 2019-2020 school year. Hmm. A police spokesman said that because school officers filed reports using the city system, it's difficult to determine whether the drop reflects an actual incre- decrease in incidents. However, citywide crime data indicates that aggravated assault has increased this year, with 309 incidents of non-domestic assault through March of 2020. 20- 20 compared to 240 through March 20, I guess. But arrests are way down, Alice. Oh, good. Yep. Hey, so this was phased out as a part of the police reform law passed in December of 2020. Um, And the law required all specialty law enforcement workers to obtain 350 additional training hours by July of 2021 to keep their positions. And rather than retain a school police force, the superintendent elected to replace officers with safety specialists. Safety. In other words, targets. Yeah. So basically, these schools are now like undergoing this threat of violence. A lot of these kids won't be fed in the into the quote school right. to prison pipeline, and many of them will be able to obtain guns. Right? Like they'll pass a background check because mm-hmm. they have no criminal background, even though they're teachers, they're principals. Like, I mean, you you have kids getting shot at school, literally in places like Boston and Chicago all the time. Like, liberals love to quote the number of school shootings as this like obscenely high number but most of those aren't events like uvalde or sandy hook most of those mm-hmm. are events like criminally Im- stuff and criminally stuff, involved yeah. teenagers drug dealers etc shooting people at schools as part of their other criminal activity that they're doing right and and the left doesn't want to acknowledge that like like i said we've made a decision as a society to just live this way right and, it, it, and it's the same thing and after the shooting, a, a big Democrat like Chris Murphy would get up there and say, why, why, why are we, why do we run for office if we're not going to do anything? Why? You see what happened here? This proves that we have to do something. We have to do something to prevent the next this. How would your federal background check have stopped either of these two shooters in Buffalo and in Texas? Neither of them had criminal records. Neither of them had known mental health issues. New York already had a red flag law. That didn't stop the shooter there in Buffalo. How would these proposals have stopped these cases? So listen, I just don't get into the trap of having to write a law for the last mass shooting. But you just said that we had to, because of this shooting, we had to do something. Well, and now you're doing something that's not gonna do something that you just grandstanded for. So nobody gives a flying F, doesn't matter. These people are unserious about any of this. I happen to believe this shooting was completely preventable, but it was preventable in ways that liberals don't want to deal with, so they don't want to hear it. You know, I mean, obviously, first of all, like the teacher training to not leave an open door for the shooter to come into was probably high on the list. Yes. Um, Certainly, the police choices during the event could have made this a much less costly in terms of lives 
shooting, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. But, you know, beyond the fact of that, it's there's clearly a problem here when a kid who was like this, who was violent and everyone around him knew he was a problem, just like in Parkland or any of these places. This is not a kid who's like a normal kid who's going to prom and hanging out with his friends and like doing normal kid stuff and, you know, about to go to college. You know, this this was a kid who everyone knew was out of his mind and was in a chaotic, destructive home environment. And people knew this and they didn't care and didn't do anything about it. So should we uh, do you want to do any chat chat stuff? Or do you want to say this tomorrow? Um, let's do the chat chat since we um, have people here and then we will head on over to the Patreon only show. OK. Hey, Tom. Hey, Alice. It's uh, the real replica here. What? Um, just ch- decided to call in because Toast was asking if I was Tom on a burner account and I'm not Tom by any Correct, means. Correct, but uh, I thought you were an attractive uh, doppelganger of Alice's. You sound I have very a theory masculine. about who um, uh, replicated. And I'm definitely not that phony that called in a couple weeks ago and said, you know, whatever they were talking about with the voice like she was dotty on the Jetsons or something. I mean, it's 2022. AI has advanced greatly yes. in uh, uh, the last decade. I know Tom had said, you know, back when that we didn't speak, but we speak fine. It's just that you have to provide digital coin to increase our abilities. I mean, Tom's too cheap to, you know, throw me a couple <laughs> coins to be able to talk back to him. Um, maybe in the future, you know, if he stops drinking. What? Maybe I'll get some of that fund. Oh. Maybe if some more people donate to the burn barrel, I could get some of that fund. But uh, we were all supposed to be uh, drinking martinis toast starting at noon in Florida. I remember that. That never happened. We're still stuck up here in New England. Um, Hopefully one day we'll all go down there and we can talk about this. Uh, Me, you, uh, Mr. Toast's replica, Alice, we'll all have a good time. Until then, uh, I'll just be sitting here waiting for some uh, digital coins, I guess. That is Replica Shaddock. Have a good day, guys. Thank you. You too. Does Replica Shaddock's voice sound familiar to you at all? No. Does it to you? Um, no, but I I don't know as many people. Um, well, he sounds like, um, no, he sounds like a lot of people from around here. No, I just, I thought it was interesting, um. The, but I'm his disappointed first that he's not a f- actual replica female. Her, uh, her first follows are a lot of um, like Kirk Minahan show type people. So, oh, really? So I thought maybe you might recognize. No, I, I don't think I know. I don't think I know. And maybe. I don't see it anymore. But I thought replica follow- one of replica's early followers or follows. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't see it anymore. So maybe Replica unfollowed him was Tim and Canton. But that's not Tim, though. It's not okay. No, that's not what Tim. I was wondering. No. Okay. No, no, no. I would love Tim to call. By the way, Tim, let's go. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, Stephen. Yes. Hi, Steve from Merrimack. I really enjoyed today's podcast. It was great. This is four days ago, so it was probably right on the heels of the. Mm-hmm. I especially enjoyed the section uh, where you're talking about these uh, millennial shitheads uh, wanting to unionize. Don't these people understand that when you unionize, everything's great? 
except you are totally limiting your future earning potential mm-hmm. and that you're going to be working alongside someone who doesn't work as hard as you, but pretty much makes the same money that you do. Yep. Despite your outperforming them. I just, I don't get it. They don't know a thing about a thing. They plan to uh, be the person who's not working as hard, though. That's the problem. Well, yeah, a lot of times you're right about that. But some of them want to be working. Some of them are college, they're all college uh, graduates who are, are, you know, well-to-do, and they want to be revolutionaries, like, uh, you know, Cesar Chavez or, you know, whatever. They want to be, you know, it's we're sharing for the common good. But he's absolutely right, and also... You know, when it comes time for the slow season to lay some people off, it's just going to be seniority. It's not going to be merit, you know. So good luck to you. Yeah. I hear you barking. Oh, hey, Tom. Hey. Hearing you say sorry is uh, taking me back to living up uh, in Nova Scotia, you know. There's uh, lots of guys up there who talk like that. They say sorry. It's sorry. I think Wayne Gretzky used to say Ooh. sorry a lot, too. Ooh, we like Paulina. Uh, it just takes me back home. Thanks for keeping it up. You're a great guy. Thank you very much. Oh, well, that's Tom nice. is part Canadian, actually. Uh, yes, I am. My grandmother is from Lennoxville, Canada. Uh, yes, I say sorry because that's how it's pronounced. It's, 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 Some and that's people how it's say spelled. sorry. No, it's not sorry. It has a double R. <laughs> hey, Tom, how are you? Good. I heard your rant uh, last, well, actually this morning. About everything being an effed up here in Massachusetts and in the U.S., uh, I just thought I'd give you a call to see, give you a little bit of help, maybe, and get your license reinstated. Ooh. And my suggestion is not original. I actually heard this uh, type of response uh, from Howie Carr uh, several years ago. But right. uh, what what you can do is, you know, just first of all, relinquish your U.S. citizenship, okay, and demand to be treated just like an illegal alien. Uh, then you go to a sanctuary city, apply for and get an uh, official license for those who are uh, undocumented migrants. Um, so you can get your license back that way. And I'm not sure about the following, but you might be eligible for some side benefits as well. I think you might Ooh. be able to get some uh, medical care. Ooh, snap. I don't think you'd be required to have any, any COVID shots. And you might even get some help with some housing. So uh, just thought I'd help you out. Um, all is not lost and, uh, can't wait to see you motoring on our, uh, on our roadways Thank in you. the near future. That's Thanks. A- Have a good one. Thank you. That's not a bad idea. As a matter of fact, Alice. Yeah. And actually Massachusetts just passed the driver's licenses for illegal immigrants just now. Baker vetoed it, but they have enough votes. They can just override his veto. Works. So, uh, there no. you go. So I have no problem with that. I would absolutely do that in a second. And, um, what else do I get? Oh yeah, you know what? I'll get. I assume somebody, one of these um, semi-government um, organizations, will furnish me with a social security number. Probably. Which gives me a clean credit score, Alice. I'll leave you back in the dust with our uh, with our bad credit. Eight. Oh, okay. All right. Let's see who is next. Hi, Habibis. It's Les. Just an observation about how this Texas shooting is similar to. Uh, some others that we've seen. I'm I'm seeing yet again a failure of local law enforcement and local and federal intelligence, possibly in this case. We're learning today that uh, local police were right outside. They didn't go in. Parents were begging them Mm -hmm. to go in. I'm sure you guys have covered this today on the podcast. Also, we know that the kid was known 
the kid, <laughs> the man was known by local law enforcement and possibly the FBI. But to me, this is looking like the Stoneham Douglas shooting, school shooting in yep. Florida, where that sheriff's deputy stayed outside. Yep. Probably could have changed the outcome if he had gone in. And the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, where that radicalized Islamist was known to the FBI, uh, we keep seeing failures of the system that is supposed to make us comfortable being disarmed. Exactly. Um, but they, 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 that system keeps continuing to fail us. People keep passing background checks that they ostensibly should have failed, but they want more background checks. And they're trying to take away firearms from the law-abiding citizens when we're watching failure after failure after failure of our government to protect us. I don't think so. God bless these these victims. God bring them into his heaven and God comfort their friends and families. Bye. Well said, Leslie. Now, we've got there are more messages, but we are plumb out of time. Uh, guys. So we'll get yeah. more in uh, tomorrow. If you are listening on Patreon, stay right there. Uh, we will be right back with the Patreon only show. Um, if you are following us elsewhere, then have a great Memorial Day and Memorial Day weekend. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, BurnBarrelPodcast.com. If you want to join us for our extra Patreon conversations, you can do that at Patreon.com slash Burn Barrel. As always, write us an email, BurnBarrelPodcast at gmail.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.